Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today is March 28th, 2020, and we're in the middle of the coronavirus uh, epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, and uh, everything shut down. Bars are shut down, restaurants are shut down, everything shut down. They've canceled sporting events, everything. So basically what I want to talk about today is the UFC 249 event that uh, was originally scheduled to be held in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. With all the coronavirus stuff going around, it has been postponed until further notice. And the crafty president of the, Uni- the United States, ha! the crafty president of the uh, UFC, Dana White, has been working nonstop to secure a safe and clean and, you know, just somewhere, just a location where he can put the fight on and not have to worry about it being shut down. Um, I've only been to one UFC event, and that was in Greenville, South Carolina, and I sat front row with one of my best friends, and um, there's a lot of people that... Um, have to be present for this event to go on. And, I mean, I have no idea how they're going to be able to do it, you know, because, yeah, I mean, I guess if they do it somewhere where there's no restrictions, they can do whatever they want, you know, which would be awesome. And, I mean, as long as they got it figured out where nobody's going to get sick, I mean, I think it would be great considering how everybody's watching that uh, Netflix uh, show about the uh, tiger guy. I I haven't watched it yet. I don't even know the name of it, to be honest. Um, But I know a lot of people have been going crazy about it. It's called um, Tiger King. Yeah, haven't watched it yet. I probably will. Um, a lot of my friends have watched it and I've seen a lot of memes and stuff about it, but, um, I think this would be a golden opportunity for the UFC to, um, you know, put on a show when everything else is shut down. And if I had to guess, it's probably going to be full price pay-per-view, but I mean, if they wanted to go nuts, they sell that thing for like fourteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. man, the whole world will watch that fight because it's a, it's a stacked card. I was just looking at it. I mean, they even have some pretty good fights on the prelims. Um, oh, well, of course, you're not going to work when I want you to. So, the, the I mean, of, of course, the, uh, the first fight... Um, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. Then you got Jessica Andrade rematching Thug Rose, Nama Yunus. And then there's a couple more fights. If you hear any yelling or screaming in the background, it's my son. He's playing Roblox. (laughs) Uh, Playing some type of piggy game where you run from piggies, and if you get caught, you die, and you have to wait like five minutes for the world to uh, reload. Let's see. So yeah. Oh, Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin versus uh Calvin Cater. And I've heard good things about Calvin Cater, especially how he was surging in that third round against Zabit, and Zabit just took him down and held him there to uh escape the decision. Another interesting fight is um uh Uriah Hall versus Jacare. And Jacare, he's um you know when he when he came in 
he was touted to be a you know a, a, a challenger for the title, and I mean he just you know uh, he debuted against Chris Camozzi back in um, 2013, and he went on a five fight win streak, and his first loss was to Yoel Romero, and it was a split decision, and then he beat uh, Vitor Belfort and Tim Bosch. And then he lost to Robert Whitaker. That was the first time he had ever been stopped in the octagon. And um, then dropped a couple decisions to uh, Gaslam, Jack Hermanson, and uh, Jan Blahovich. But, I mean, Jacare is as tough as they come. All you got to do is look at his ears, and um, you'll realize that um, he's as tough as they come. Because that guy is a world-class grappler i mean he submitted um he submitted uh one of the best grapplers uh to ever to ever grapple and i couldn't even tell you his name right now if i wanted to uh tell you he's got that school up there that everybody idolizes him oh so horrible anyways yeah he's a a world-class grappler so I'm just I can't believe that he um I mean it's just been hit and miss. It just shows you how how MMA is. It's like a high level problem solving with dire consequences. So let's just look at the first fight, the one that has been talked about forever. I am myself, I am an MMA super nerd. And Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson has to be one of the most hyped, lightweight title fights um, in the history of the UFC. And uh, Tony never lost his belt. He was stripped because he got hurt. And, uh, you know, Habib fought. um, He fought. Oh, my goodness. I can't remember anybody's name tonight. I just forget everybody's name he fought uh the new york kid al iaquinta there it is he fought al iaquinta for the vacant ufc lightweight championship and uh a lot of people thought that he got exposed a little bit on the feet you know there are a lot of gaps and everything but the thing about habib and the thing that makes this fight so um so interesting to me is you have tony and you have Habib, and Habib comes with that super pressure. And with that super pressure, he's able to make people look silly. But here's my take on this fight. If you go and you look at the people that Habib has fought, the ones that are uh, jiu-jitsu black belts really aren't ultra-dominant in the fact that they're always tapping people out on their back consistently the majority of the people that Habib has fought are strikers or wrestlers with a very basic striking background granted he did fight Conor McGregor and Edson Barboza who both have crazy striking but they do not have the ground game to match Habib Habib has so much success against these people that once they're taken down, all they can do is turtle up and take damage if they can. Um, 
He has yet to face someone who, when he takes them down, they're attacking off their back. They're going for submissions. They're going for Kimuras. They're going for Darshchuks. They're going for triangles. They're trying to sweep him. He hasn't faced anybody like that. And a lot of people think the few people he's faced that have high-level grappling credentials, they're not able to impose their will once the fight hits the ground because of his pressure. I don't think Tony Ferguson is going to give a damn about that pressure. I think that Tony Ferguson is going to be attacking as soon as the fight hits the ground. Hell, he might even pull guard, to be honest with you. Tony Ferguson is an animal. And here's the thing. Habib is an animal, too. Don't think I'm biased thinking that Tony's going to win. I think I think that Habib very well could take Tony down. And and put Tony on his ass, and Tony just not not gonna be able to do anything because he's never felt pressure like that. But once again, I think that the reason why Habib looks so dominant when he takes these guys down and puts them on their back is they don't want to be on their back to begin with. They want to keep the fight standing, or they want to be on top. And when they're put on their back, they're like a fish out of water. So basically. I want this to happen. That's my personal opinion is I want this to happen. If Dana White and the UFC and Habib and whoever can make this happen, it needs to happen. If if they can figure out a way where everything's going to be safe, everything's going to be clean and sanitary, and the amount of contact is going to be to the minimal and everybody's going to be tested for the coronavirus, if, if they make it squeaky clean, then... Let's have it. I know there's a lot of opinions saying that Dana White and the UFC don't need to do it. They just need to cancel it. No. If they can pull it off, then then pull it off. You know, put it, get, I'm a fan. I'm a super fan. I want to see this fight. I've been waiting on this fight since they announced the first one. And this is like, the what, the fifth or the sixth time they've tried to put this thing together? So, you know, I, I want the bottom line. I want UFC 249 to happen. I want the fighters who have been training for weeks on end, I want them to be able to fight and get paid. And I want the coaches that help them train, I want them to get paid too. I mean, yes, this coronavirus epidemic, it's it came out of nowhere. And, you know, it, it took everybody, myself included, it took us all, you know, it, it we didn't see it coming. It hit hit us hit us all, you know, in the back of the head when we weren't looking. It took us all by surprise. So, I'm interested to see where they're going to have this fight. And I want this fight to happen. So, if Dana White and the UFC can pull this thing off, then I'll be, I'll be, clicking, I'll be clicking order on my little pay-per-view. They'll get my money. So, with that being said, this is going to wrap up my first podcast. Um, I'm not going to be announcing it's the first or the second or the third, but this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So, uh, um, and I don't even know what this app is like that I'm recording on. So, I mean, if you could subscribe to my feed or whatever, um, I got some some content that I want to talk about. You know, conspiracy theories and UFC events, and you know, football season comes around if it does come around, because I've heard that they may postpone the um, the NFL season. We're in March, and I have no idea how they're they're looking ahead to all the way to September. I mean, I guess, you know, training camp not starting on time has a um you know, has something to do with um 
them making the decision. Maybe they feel like the team won't be prepared as much and it's not fair to them. So, yes, this is my first podcast episode. Like, comment, subscribe, do something. Thanks for tuning in.